Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good morning, everyone. Today, I want to start by sharing some statistics I've read recently. Uh, it may or may not link to you, so feel free to ignore them. But this is just a study that I was reading the other day about mental health. Mental health. Uh, the, the survey was talking about um, kind of the stress levels and anxiety levels and the mental health of people. And the, and the study starts like this. It says 70% of the people, their manager at work has a negative impact on their mental health. So those of you who are going to work, your manager, 70% of you, not you, but the survey says, <laughs> the 70% of the people, their manager at work has a negative impact on their mental health. And the survey also said, or the study said, it's equal to the impact of their spouse. So 70% of the people, which I thought was really funny, 70% of the people said their spouse negatively impacts them in their mental health. So I don't know, there's, it just, I don't know, that's not, that's not us, right guys? That's not us. But some of you said, yes, it's you, but sorry, don't, don't make it so obvious. But 70% say that, yes, work is a negative impact and same with the spouse. 43% of the employees who said the work, 43% of them said they are exhausted. 78% say stress negatively impacts their work performance. So the reason they're not doing good at work is that it's, they're stressed. They have anxiety and stress about that. 71% say it negatively impacts their home life. 64% say it detracts and start, they start getting unhealthy and their well-being. Uh, 62% say it hurts their relationships and friendships. So your stress levels go so high that it affects your friendships. 42% say they actually put the stress on themselves. So 42% of the people say that actually it's their fault because they're putting stress and pressure on themselves. Now it sounds like this survey was only for adults, but then they actually went... So for you in school, listen to your statistics. Those of you in, in middle school and high school, they actually did a, a study. 45% of students in high school admit to being stressed almost every day in school. That's kind of high. 45% said every day I'm stressed. 61% of teenagers between ages 13 and 17 feel stressed over producing satisfactory grades. So parents, those of you who are putting pressure on your kids too much, yeah, put a little pressure. But those who are overabundance of pressure, they're stressed out all the time. Middle school kids, 50% of middle school Students report feeling stressed over academics all the time. So I think we got a, we got a lot of anxiety at work, stress, pressure, and even at school. Um, outside the U.S., they did a study in, in Japan, which I thought would have been better. But listen to this. Around 500 Japanese students in middle school and high school kill themselves each year from stress. U.S. ranks number one in the country with the most stressed students. Even there's another statistic here for college students. A few of us who are in college, 
45% say they felt that way uh, than a higher than a usual rate. So basically what this survey is saying in all a nutshell is that people have a lot of anxiety, stress, worry, pressure. You put on yourselves and you put it from the external. Mental health is caused by stress, fear, worry. It's all around us. So what I would say today is this. Just, I'm not going to take too long today. I know you guys are from the food just today and you're, 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 the turkey is affecting you. So it's, I understand completely. I won't take too much of your time. But let's be honest today. Let's be honest that maybe I am, my mental health, our mental health is being affected by our home life, work life, school life. And we're putting pressure on ourselves probably more than we should. But I think the number one thing to do today in front of God, which is the only place we can come, is to be honest with ourselves. And I would say be honest with ourselves, to be honest with God, and be honest with our loved ones around us. What I mean by that is people around you, if you're a kid, talk to your parents. Parents, talk to your spouse, right? And we're in, like, let's be open and honest where we stand about how we feel. And let's be honest also that when you listen to the gospel today, does it sound familiar? It's the same gospel message from last week. God wants us to have fruit, abundance, blessing. God wants us to have blessing, but guess what? Our mental health is keeping us down, so stressed. We look around and say, oh, Abuna, you're two weeks in a row. It's about fruit, blessing. And I feel I'm part of the 70%, the 60%, the 45%. I'm part of this percentage. And I don't understand this fruit, this blessing that you're talking about. So here's what I want to do. I want to share a prayer that we do in liturgy that's coming up. And it's about fruit. It's a litany of fruit. I don't know if you remember it. It seems like a boring prayer, but I want to dissect it to help us through what we need to go through. Because I don't want to keep saying God is going to bless you and blessing of God and the fruitfulness and you have a fruitful life. I don't want to keep saying that to you without telling you the remedy or the way. Okay? So actually the, the liturgy has everything we need. And if we dissect every prayer in liturgy, you'll find everything we need. So I'm going to tell you the prayer of litany of fruits. It comes in the seven prayers later on. Listen to this. The priest says this. Graciously accord, O Lord... The air of heaven, the fruits of the earth, the waters of the rivers, the seeds, the herbs, and the plants of this field, this year, bless them. So far, nothing exciting. So, <laughs> that's not the part I want. So far, it just says, bless the fruit, and the land, and the water, and hallelujah, amen. But the next part, pay attention. Listen to this. Raise them to their measure according to your grace. I want to put this... Don't think about fruit, think about your life. Raise them means the fruit. Raise them according to your grace. So put yourself as the fruit throughout this prayer. Listen to this and put yourself in there. Raise them to their measure according to your grace. Give joy to the face of the earth. May its fruits be abundantly watered and its fruits be plentiful. That's us. Prepare it. For sowing and harvesting. Prepare us, our hearts. Manage, God, our life as you deem fit. Bless the crown of the year with your goodness. For the sake of the poor of your people, the widow, the orphan, 
the traveler, the stranger, and for the sake of all of us who entreat and seek your holy name. Here's the next part, us. For the eyes of every one of us waits upon you. For you give us your food in due season. Deal with us according to your goodness. You give food to all flesh, not just physical food. Fill our hearts with what? Joy and gladness, that we too have sufficiency in everything always may abound in every good deed. That's the prayer I'm going to say in a few minutes. Let's dissect it really quick. I told you God wants us to be fruitful, and I told you we have mental health challenges. And the first thing is to be honest. We all have it. Okay? It's clear. I can't believe that 70% of people say that they're stressed out at home, and 70% at work, and kids at school 50%. I can't believe it's just somebody else. I believe we got a lot of pressure and stress on us too. So, how do we get through it? Let's look through this step by step. The first part of the prayer, which I want to repeat again, is raise them according to your grace. Guys, when, you, when we pray that prayer, we're asking God, God, I feel so down, but by your grace, raise me up. Raise me up, Lord, to be fruitful, to be plentiful, to be abundant, to be blessed, to be holy. When it says by grace, do you know what that means? When good things happen to you for no reason. You know what that is? When good things happen out of the surprise, that's God's grace. When someone comes up to you and asks about you, you know what that is? It's God's grace. The unexpected blessings is God's grace. So the prayer says, raise them according to your grace. You know what's amazing today? I don't know if you paid attention to the psalm. You know there's a gospel, but there's a psalm. Listen to what the psalm says. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. You know what God is trying to say? God is trying to say something very, very important today. I hope you pay attention. God is saying, my tree, my abundance, I have full amount to give you. And I will. Let's continue to see. So the first part is what? Raise them according to your grace. God, we are down, we're out, we got nothing. But according to your grace. Means according to what you have. I have nothing. We have nothing. We're stressed out. We have anxiety. We have pressure. Mental health is an issue. But God, it's different with you. Raise us up according to your grace. You have full. Look at the next part. I don't know if you ever asked God this, but it says, manage, I'll put it personally, manage my life as you deem fit. You know what you're saying to God here? Manage my life as you see fit. What's so good about that? It's not manage my life according to what I think is good for me. It's not according to what I see fit, or you see fit. The thing is with us is we're saying, God, take care of my life according to what I want. The prayer we pray in liturgy, which you probably don't skip over because we're trying to finish and take communion, is it says, manage our life as whatever you deem fit, whatever you see fit. I love that. It's basically saying, raise us according to your grace and manage my life. I can't do it. And if we realize that, he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. We can't. We can't heal ourselves. We can't manage our own life. And to be honest, the times in my life when I focus on God and focus on his mercy and his grace is the time I feel like the pressure's not on me. And I don't know about you, but the time I'm thinking about what to do and what to do and what to do and what I, and to carry myself, 
There's too much pressure on me, and I fold. So God, raise me, raise us according to your grace. Manage our life. Don't let us manage our life, God. We don't know how to manage our life. You manage our life as you see fit. Look at the next part. It gets better. For the eyes of everyone wait upon you. You know what that means? Where's our eyes when we're stressed out? When our spouse, when our school, when our exam, and I can't take it. It's too much. My eyes are waiting upon you. I love that. I'm waiting upon you. Let me ask you a question. In the Old Testament, let me see your Old Testament knowledge really quick. When the people of Israel were in the tabernacle, and they were moving from place to place. Remember, they were in a tabernacle. It's like a tent. It's like the church was moving. When they were in that tabernacle, how did they know when to go? How did they know it? we're here now, we're in the wilderness, and it's time to go over there a couple of miles away? How did they know to move? Does anyone remember? Yes, very good. The clouds by day and the fire by night. I want you to imagine that. We're right here. All of a sudden, there's a cloud above the tabernacle. And all the people there, there's like millions of people of Israel. They look up. The cloud moved. What did they do? They packed up all the stuff. They packed up the tent. And they went over there. And when they went there, they would stay there two or three days. And the cloud didn't move. So they stayed there. My eyes are waiting upon you. My eyes were... As soon as the cloud moved, what did they do? They got up and moved. But what about at night? You can't see the clouds very well. So it was the fire. So when the fire moved, we moved with it. That, that's how the people of Israel lived. They were waiting on God, waiting on God. The cloud moved, we moved. We need to learn that spirit. God, you're moving there. You want me to go there? Okay, I'm going where you go. When we go where God goes, where we, we do what God wants, that's when the mental health changes. Because the pressure is not on us. The stress is not on us. God, whatever, you manage my life. You, you, I, your grace is going to raise me up. And that's the spirit of the people. And they went wherever God told them to go. Even better, Moses in Exodus 33, one of my favorite chapters in Exodus is 33 and 34, is when, when Moses met God face to face. Right? It says he's face to face. Like, you know what he said? He said to God, Moses said to God this, and I want this to be our prayer of the day. If your presence does not go with us, don't take us from here. Basically what he's saying is like, God, I'm not going anywhere without you. And I want us to say that, God, I'm not going to go to school and deal with all the pressure and people making fun and they test and exams and at work people are ridiculous and everyone. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to deal with my home life and there's problems without you. If you're not going to be there, God, I'm not, I can't go. I can't do it. I think that should be our prayer. You should tell God whatever you're stressed about. God, I'm not going to do it without you. I'm not going anywhere without you. I need you. That's the spirit of this, of this day. That's how we reach fruitfulness. That's how we reach blessing. It's God, you raise us up according to your grace. You manage my life. My eyes are on you. And that's the spirit of the people of Israel. Moses said, I'm not going out of here without you, God. You lead me. Towards the end of this prayer, I'm almost done. I know I told you it was going to be quick, but towards the end of this prayer, it says something really nice. It says, we have sufficiency. We too, Lord, have sufficiency in everything always. Basically, God, the people are saying to God, God, give us what's sufficient for us. I want to tell you one of the secrets of emotional health. Emotional health. Is God, give me what I need only. 
I don't want more. Of course, we don't want less. God, give me what I need only. I know that's ridiculous to talk about in Western culture, right? Where we want everything in overabundance. The overabundance is causing us to be stressed out. We want this, we want this, we want this, we want this, and then we had to work harder, and then we work harder to get that, and that, and that, and that. And we got so much, and then this one, this person got this, and then... Guys, the prayer that we pray, that we pray, is God, give me just what I need. And everything I have. Give me what I need. Listen to, back to the people of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 9. Listen to this. God... He's saying here, or this is what people are saying. A land which you will eat bread without scarcity and in which you will lack nothing. God is telling the people, I'm going to give you what you need and you will lack nothing. Later on in the same chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Listen to this. I know I'm saying a lot of verses, but please, 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 please listen. Listen, what, listen to this and you're going to be amazed. Deuteronomy 8.12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which there were fiery serpents, scorpions, a thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water from a rock, who fed you in the wilderness manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and he might test you to do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, listen to this, this is God's worry. Because I gave you everything, and you multiplied, and you grew. Listen to what God has said. Then in your heart you say, my power, speaking like us, my power and the might of my hand have gained this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives power to give wealth. That he may establish his covenant with his, which he swore to the fathers this day. Okay, what am I trying to say here? Guys, we pray a prayer to God, give me what I need. And God gives us, to be honest, way more than we need. But you know what God is worried about? Is that when he gives us what we need, that we say, I did that. That was my, you'll never say that. But we'll say in our heart, look what I accomplished. And to the point, in school, or at work, or whatever you accomplish, we may forget God's hand in all of it. I think this is a great prayer for us today. We want to overcome mental health. We want blessing. But it really, to be honest, it's by His grace. He has to manage our life. Our eyes have to be on Him. Give us what we need. That's what, just what we need. Because whatever happens, we may, it may take us away from our eyes being on God. The last part of the prayer, and I'm done, it says this. For the sake of the poor of your people, the widow, the orphan, the traveler, the stranger, and for the sake of all of us who entreat and seek your holy name. You know what's the best way to be strong spiritually and mentally? Is whatever God gives us. Now remember what? The poor of his people. The widow, the orphan, the traveler, the stranger. To be honest with you, it goes on to say in every good deed. God wants to use this for every good deed. 
Part of blessing is that you don't keep it for yourself. Part of fruits, like if you got a lot of fruit and you didn't share it with your, your neighbor, you didn't share it with your friend, you didn't share it with each other, like if there's fruit at home on the table and you love that fruit, you start eating it, it's kind of weird that the other people in the family want to eat the same fruit and you took it all for yourself. God is trying to say here, look, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you everything. But it's not just for you. It's for people around you. So let's summarize this prayer once again. Listen to the prayer and put yourself in the situation. Raise them to the measure according to your grace. Raise us according to your grace. Give joy to the face of the earth. Look what God wants to give us. Joy, not sadness, not depression, not anxiety. May its furrows be abundantly watered. Its fruits be plentiful. That's what God wants for us. Prepare for sowing and harvesting. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Manage our life as deemed fit. Manage our life, God. We don't know how to manage our life. Bless the crown of the year with your goodness. For the sake of the poor of your people, the widow, the orphan, the traveler, the stranger, and for all of us who are here. Here it is. My eyes are on you. My eyes wait upon you. You give me the food. You provide for me. You deal with this according to your goodness. You give food. I'll fill our hearts with joy and gladness. And it goes on from there. That's all I wanted to say to you guys. I know it's long. Sorry I'm long-winded today. But truly, 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 there's two weeks in a row of good ground, blessing, fruitfulness. And on the other side, we feel stress, worry, anxiety, mental health. According to the statistics we said, there's so much of it. For kids, for adults, home, work, school. The secret is God only by your grace. Secret is, God, you manage my life. I can't manage my life. Tell God today in a prayer. Say, God, you manage my life. You lead my life. That's what we do the rest of liturgy. God, you manage my life. God, my eyes are on you. I am not leaving here, this building today, this church today, without you in my situation. I'm not going anywhere, God. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not, I can't carry. I can't carry anything. I always tell you about my challenges and my... But I can tell you right now, there's been many times, and I've told you this before, there's many times, many, 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 many times, I have like almost given up because I don't think I can lead the church in Zambia or the church here. Many times. Many times. Less here, but more there. And I'm telling you, I felt so many times, like Moses, I am not going any further. This is your people. I'm not the good shepherd, God, you are. I can't carry anything you carry. My, it's hard to run a family, run a church, run a whatever. You take care of it. That's how I am. And that's how I was many times. So what I'm saying to you, you can't carry this on your own. You can't. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. It's too hard. It's too much. There's someone who can carry. He carried a lot. And he's still going to carry more. Let's put it on him. Our eyes should be on him. You should tell God today, God, you manage my life. You should say, God, I need your grace. So let's use this time in liturgy today to pray for those things. But at the end, I promise you, that fruitfulness, that blessing that we heard is going to be for us. That joy that was said here, that's going to be for us. So let's take the rest of the liturgy to pray, to close our eyes, to plead with God, and to enjoy the rest of the service and pray for one another and glory be to God. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.